You know how like the the mall craze of like the 80s and 90s, like that's where people went to hang out, to go shopping, to go to movies, like that was the place. This seems like the digital version of that. You log in, you know, quote unquote, go to the mall and you can go shopping. You can go do escape rooms. You can go to the movies. You can just hang with friends in a public, you know, quote unquote, public private space. Hello and welcome back to For the Future, where we break down today's tech news for anyone and everyone. This is Mark. And Michael. And here's today's tech spotlight. Michael, take us away with uh, a new purchase for you. Yeah, so we're going to talk about the Oculus Quest 2, which in my opinion is probably the coolest uh, thing you can get this holiday for $300. It's it's a ton of value for for your money. It's a lot of fun. Um, I haven't met anyone that's come over and tried it uh, that hasn't had a blast with it. Michael, what what is the, the Oculus Quest 2? <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry if you if you haven't if you haven't heard, um I forgot. I thought just everybody's heard about it already. <laughs> so it's it's a virtual reality headset, right? Um and it's from Facebook or now Meta. Um, right. and we're going to base our whole episode around this, so you'll get to learn a lot more about that as we go, but um so the Oculus Quest 2 is what we would call an entry-level virtual reality headset. Now, don't don't think that that it's not a good experience. I would I would equivalent it to like the iPhone four. Like when iPhones really started to be reasonably priced, they were actually usable. Um, mm-hmm. There were enough people using them where it made sense to get into it as far as like smartphone technology. So I think it's probably um, that level of of jumping in point. So it's it's virtual reality for the masses. Let's call it that. Um, it's a ton of fun. It's super easy to use. Um, and especially for the price, it's, I would say it's probably equivalent to like a 600 to $800 virtual reality headset from anyone else. So I think they're definitely subsidizing it quite a bit. Um, I think you're getting a ton of value for your money. And like I said, it's, it's a lot of fun, even for individuals who aren't gamers. Um, I think it bridges the gap between uh not having to learn a controller or something like that it's very intuitive and the games are just they're just a lot of fun it's super immersive it's 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 a blast and it's going to be our reality here soon so um yeah i would highly recommend looking into it so like i said it's 300 bucks for the entry level kit um i'd probably recommend getting the pro strap for it it's like a more comfortable head strap for it um but other than that, I think that's like 50 bucks. But with that, you're ready to rock and roll and you can have a lot of fun with it. Yeah, what I think is the coolest part about this is that you don't need a gaming PC to use this headset. You can use it wirelessly and it has all of the processing capability built in to play many, many games. But you can also link it to a PC if you want more power and a more extensive library of games. So it's it can be used for your first entry-level VR set, or maybe you have a gaming PC and you also want to try to get into VR and you don't want to spend 1200 bucks. You can get this and hook it up to your current PC. I mean, it has great specs. I believe it has you know 120 hertz to uh, 144 uh, for the screen, so you're not going to get that kind of sick feeling from yeah. using it, which was kind of the problem, I believe, with like the Quest 1 is it had a uh, you know 60 to 90 hertz uh, screens on the inside and it just kind of made people feel sick after using it for a while so they they definitely jumped up their tech with this this latest version 
Yeah, and I, th- I think we talked about it in a previous episode a little bit, but they have like a dedicated VR um, processor just dedicated for for handling this kind of load, and that's the reason mm. why it can it can have such a great battery life and so much power baked into just a a battery powered unit. And that's what sold me on it though is that it can do both the uh, untethered and tethered. For me, mm-hmm. I have I have a computer that can run virtual reality games, um, so I wanted to be able to try both. And that's one issue you get with a lot of other companies' headsets is it's either you have to be plugged in or you it's it's a dedicated um, remote platform. So I like that you could do both with it. It's just a headset. Um, and we'll talk about some more of the specifics about it later on, but it's amazing. you know. And the other thing is no one I've um, seen try it, nobody has felt sick from it, which I think is, is different because um, I remember trying like some tech demos like at the mall of america like five ten you know seven years ago or something and i remember feeling sick from that and that was plugged into and at the time state-of-the-art gaming computer with multiple gpus in it it was Mm -hmm. a really expensive headset and and i I would call myself um a gamer for sure and like i definitely and I, i don't get motion sick i don't get seasick i felt woozy very quickly playing very simple games on it and when i got this like I was able to pick it up and, and run with it very quickly. So um, it's a big step forward. It's really cool. And we'll talk a lot more about it here uh, this episode. So, yeah, because this episode, we want to talk about the metaverse in which you need VR. And so this mm-hmm. the reason we kind of brought up this tech spotlight is that the Oculus Quest 2 seemingly is the perfect uh, entryway to that. So let's talk about the metaverse. I first want to talk about how you know, Facebook has done a total rebrand and instead of being called Facebook Inc., which incorporated Facebook and WhatsApp and Instagram, they have now renamed and rebranded uh, their company as Meta. I think it's just called Meta, correct? It's not Metaverse. Yeah. It's just yep, Meta. It's just Meta. So now Meta is the parent company for Facebook, WhatsApp and Instagram and their virtual reality platform, mm-hmm. you know, the Metaverse. Which is which is Oculus. They they bought um, Oculus, which was a, a VR startup many years ago, and they've been developing and funneling money into that program. And now they've taken it from um, being kind of a prosumer, you know, just a few people had gaming headsets to something that is really commoditized, like for a mass market. So um, they've been pouring a ton of money and resources into it to get to this point. So they've had this plan for a long time now. Yeah, I kind of remember when they bought it. And then it kind of went silent and everyone's like, mm-hmm. why did Facebook buy Oculus? That seemed like a really weird yes. purchase. And then yep. now they come up and they're like, hey, this is our company. We are really focusing on this. Yeah. So yeah, that is now their parent company. And so Facebook's definition of the metaverse is that the metaverse is a set of virtual spaces where you can create and explore with other people who aren't in the same physical space as you. Yeah. And that's the and that's the interesting thing. Aside from playing Fruit Ninja and, you know, Fortnite and VR and stuff like that, right? Um the metaverse is it's about gaming, right? It's about having fun, but it's really about creating like the next generation of the internet. I think that's a really good way to think about the metaverse and how our reality is going to become mixed with virtual um, in a very real way. And the metaverse is kind of the putting a name to it and defining what it's going to be. And the Oculus Quest 2 is the mass market, you know, low cost system that's going to bring it to you know millions of people. I mean this Christmas season there's going to be there's going to be millions of pe- more people that have a quest um and are able to start jumping into this environment. Uh, it, it's it's got to grow the market base, the user base by, you know, 
I don't know how many percent. It's got to just increase it by millions mm-hmm. of people, though. I don't know what percentage that would be. But um, so I think it first to, to have a metaverse, right, where people are used to it. Um, they're used to attending events virtually, right? And not just uh, by camera, but actually being there in virtual reality, which we'll talk a little bit more about what that's like in a little bit. You have to have a low-cost device that people are used to using. They've played some games. They understand how it works. And now they feel comfortable starting to really interact with an internet level of metaverse. So, yeah, honestly, I just thought of something. You know, how, like the the mall craze of like the 80s and 90s, like that's where people yeah. went to hang out, to go mm-hmm. shopping, to go to movies. Like that was the place. This seems like the digital version of that. You log in, you know, quote unquote, go to the mall. And you can go shopping, you can go do escape rooms, you can go to the movies, you can just hang with friends in a public, you know, quote unquote, public private space. Mm-hmm. So that's a really that, I'm good trying point. to think of ways to make people like, kind of really understand what the metaverse is. It's it's honestly yeah. a digital hangout in which the yes, the yes. experiences are endless. It's it's on what developers are creating. There will mm-hmm. be a, there'll be virtual escape rooms. There's probably already virtual escape rooms. Uh, but I know my brother in law has a VR set. And he will go to the movies with friends by sitting yep. on the couch here in, at the house, but he's at a movie theater. He'll look around, you know, mm-hmm. and he's inside a movie theater, which is kind of yep. a weird thought. Yeah, yeah. That's a really, really good way to put it, um, is that it is a virtual hangout, right? And you can go to movies, you can attend e- events. Um, I just got a text from a buddy who got me into buying a, an Oculus the other day, and he was he was at a basketball game free he didn't pay anything for this court side and had like a 4k 360 camera like a guy was sitting there with a pole and a camera on it and he was able to beam into it and watch a, a you know an nba basketball game for free in virtual reality court side tickets that you would never be able to afford right and he was just he was just browsing through the horizon venue you know experiences and it was like oh there's a basketball game on and he just like went and did that and um to your to your point on i think it's the same app but essentially yeah the idea that that he always had is he's like i want to get all my my whole family together and we'll be on like hanging out in virtual reality and have all the sports games up and so like what you can do is everybody can stream something from their side right so you can share you know whatever just like if you had people over to watch a football game at your at your house or um you know, there was a fight going on or something like that that mm-hmm. night. You can stream that into virtual reality and everybody can see it. Like, um, I think I, I use the, the analogy of like an IMAX theater. Like, you, yeah. I think most people have been to one of those where it's kind of that wraparound screen. It's like that, but even better um, is the best way to describe the content. So it's like and it's really, really crisp. Um, I would say like sometimes in games, the resolution and stuff is, is dialed down a little bit, right? To save on resources. But like when you're just watching like VR, like YouTube content or um, like a 360 camera, like it's very, very crisp. I mean, like as good as a TV in like the real world. Um, so <laughs> it's it's very, it's very easy to do. Um, you don't have to be up and moving around so you can just sit on the couch with it plugged in, but it's all about just being able to, to be there and you can look to your side and see an avatar of your family member, or your friends. And it's, you can, you all have really good uh, microphones and headsets on. So the audio, um, and the visual is really good. It's a whole different thing. I think like you said that your analogy of like going to the mall is a good example of that, but it would be just like attending a concert, going to a comedy show, going to a basketball game or football game together. Like, 
it could really be that level of that immersive, I should say. So there's actually a really good quote uh, by this venture capitalist, Matthew Ball, who wrote a book called Metaverse Primer. But he kind of describes it as the metaverse is an expansive network of persistent real-time rendered 3D worlds and simulations that support continuity of identity, objects, history, payments, and entitlements, and can be experienced synchronously by an effectively unlimited number of users, each with an Mm -hmm. individual sense of presence. So it's like you're in your own world, but there are millions of other people. It's it's, honestly, it's weird to talk about it, but it's like the real world. There's you Mm -hmm. and you live your own life. There's millions of other people here, but it's all digital. And so, right, we, we'll kind of talk briefly about like, okay, how do you how do you buy things in here? Because it's it's going to be there's going to be companies that are going to want to make a profit off of this, as with anything. So how do you, how do you create that sense of individuality? How do you buy goods and services? How do you um, travel within these digital realms? And honestly, Ready Player One is a book, also a movie, uh, but that does a really has a really good definition and, and, and feel of what the metaverse is they mm-hmm. have like their own digital wallets they need to pay to travel to different worlds but a lot of the stuff's free and granted i don't know you know how how much this is gonna it'll take off but how how much mm-hmm. do we incorporate it like in ready player one every kid goes to public school in their version of the metaverse called the oasis mm-hmm. so it's very interesting to to have read that book you know quite a few years ago now and see it kind of become real life because when i read it at the time i was like wow that'd be really cool but it's never gonna happen and Uh, that was like what 2012 or 11 that book came out so just to put a yeah it was not that i'm thinking it was even earlier than that but it's it is crazy um how eerily similar it is yeah the movie came out in 2018 so Trying to think yeah, of it looks book. like is a 2011 science fiction novel. Yep. So wow. probably just right at the beginning of like real virtual reality. But yeah, so it's not like 1984. It's not like predicting the future from a long time ago. But right. Uh, yeah, it's still still quite a while ago that 10 years ago he predicted it to, with this level of accuracy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that I think that that quote from Matt Ball, I think that leads into like nifties and or uh, NFTs <laughs> um, and cryptocurrencies and things like that. So if you're one of those individuals that's been sitting on the sideline and watching, you know, Cardano and you know, Dogecoin and, and um, people buying, you know, picture like claiming ownership of like JPEG pictures and stuff online and think this is crazy. Like, you know, kids are just looking for things to, um, to make Collect. a ton of money on it or whatever. Yeah. And it's all, it's all, uh, I don't know, just a, just a big Ponzi scheme or whatever. If you think about it from the lens of the metaverse where, you know, think about if you own a painting, right? You have an original painting in your home. Um, you paid a ton of money to an artist to have that original painting, but there's thousands and thousands of copies of that painting probably out there. And you have the original, you know, that's the original one, but Mm -hmm. other people can still experience that. There's still pictures of it online. Like the Mona Lisa, just because I haven't seen the original Mona Lisa doesn't mean I don't know what it looks like, but I don't have the original Mona Lisa. (laughs) Correct. And if you really wanted it, you can go on Amazon and get a poster for 30 bucks. That's mm-hmm. pretty darn good. It, it would be it would look just like it. I mean, you can't go up and like touch the paint and stuff. But, you know, so that's one way to think about it. If you're if you're complaining about nifties or, um, oh, crypto isn't real money. Um, blockchain technology is real and it makes a lot more sense when you're talking about virtual reality. So in, in the metaverse, you would have um, your own house. You'd have a little, uh, you know, 
piece of land or you can you can establish property which is your property right anybody can have have their own um but you can you can own that right and you can that is your address you own that it's all controlled and regulated by blockchain and you know for instance i know like nike and apple um and some other big name companies are already working on branded merch um so your avatar for for the metaverse correct and it's it's an nft um now it doesn't have to be sole ownership, but it's like, well, some other developer could make you know files that look just like it, but it wouldn't be Apple branded merch, right? It's so, literally the same as knockoff whatever's. You know, there's knockoff yeah. Ray Bans, there's knockoff Nikes. It's the same yeah. thing. It looks like it, but it's not Beats the real headphones, thing. whatever, yep. right? Um, so there is a there is an increased level of ability to make something and and just with computer code or just draw it in, in virtual reality where it'll look just like the thing that, you know, the branded merch, right? But just like it is with knockoffs or whatever, um, it's not the real thing. And there is value in the real thing, right? And you could verify that it is the real thing with blockchain, mm-hmm. right? They could never, like they could never, yeah, it's actually better than the real world where, you know, sometimes those those fakes can look really, really good and you'd have yeah. to really know what you're doing to tell them from being real or fake. Um, but with blockchain, you would know for sure. I mean, there's... There is no, no way, way to it. fake the blockchain. Yeah, um, those keys are are absolute. So, um, and here's another another interesting point. So, talking about Nifty's crypto, whatever the the virtual reality um, AR, you know, VR AR industry is growing fifty four percent year over year and has been for years. Um, it's a twelve billion dollar industry in twenty twenty, and it's projected to be a seventy three billion dollar industry by twenty twenty four, and continue growing from there. So, you can say what you want about it. This is a thing. It, it you know, virtual reality in the metaverse is is here to stay, and it's growing like crazy. Um, I just fa- I found that fact really really interesting for people who don't really you know get the whole digital aspect of it, but maybe are more <laughs> monetarily motivated that should be like a huge red flag like oh this is this is going to be a really really big thing and this Mm -hmm. is probably not the the train you want to be like left behind on this is probably something you're going to want to 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 grasp sooner than later yeah the the analogies um i think the mall analogy is a really good one um i think i talked about that this is like the level of change the world went through with like the smartphone with the internet um Mm -hmm. I think it. I've heard it described as equal to those levels of change. I've also heard it described as like this is going to be way bigger than the smartphone and way bigger than the internet. It's going to be faster, faster, more abrupt change than even those. So if you thought that that was crazy, this is you know just get ready for this, right? So that's what I think we're trying to just paint this the picture of the scale of what this is going to mean. And so let's let's go into some of the. Uh, like the actual real world use cases, not like for playing video games, but like like what Microsoft has been up to and what others have have actually been using it for over the last couple of years. Yeah, I know you mentioned uh, Microsoft this year with all of the COVID things happening. They needed a way to like onboard employees that wasn't just staring at a Teams meeting. Granted, Microsoft makes Teams and I'm sure they're trying to make it the best they can, but <laughs> they actually like sent out virtual reality headsets so that they could onboard people in VR. So yeah. like creating that sense of community and team from your home is kind of a, a great use case for the metaverse and just VR as a, as a whole. 
they're adding it in and it's interesting because it, Microsoft Mesh is not like a new standalone program. Mesh is just part of Teams. So, and probably if you use Teams at work, you probably don't have it installed or haven't paid to upgrade it yet or whatever. But the virtual reality side of what Microsoft is doing is just integrating directly into their current apps, um, which I think is a is an interesting way to look at it, right? That VR is not its own thing. It's just part of what we're already doing. Like, I think what they're trying to do is really solve one, you know, you can imagine, or if you've been living and working from home a lot, um, you know, most people don't even turn on their cameras anyway, right? So you're just mm-hmm. staring at a blank screen with little icons. Maybe there's some pictures loaded in. Um, it's super impersonal, right? And Microsoft and all these all these larger tech companies are pointing out that even with your cameras on, you're still, you know, it's still not as immersive as like being there in person, you know, body language, being able to walk around and talk and just what it would be like to be there in person. And what they're claiming is that having these virtual interactions, these virtual onboarding sessions where you have avatars that can move around, you can map, you know, hand movements and stuff. Um, you can, you know, play ping pong with each other, right? Which sounds silly, <laughs> but virtual reality ping pong is a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> if you don't have space for a ping pong table at your place it, for $9, you can have ping pong. That's actually really fun. Um, but mm. just things like that, right? Where, it, it doesn't seem like it would be that big of a deal, but being able to really physically interact and, and move around and, um, you know, just be in a space with, with, with another person is way closer to, to be actually being there in reality um, than just having cameras on and sitting in front of a computer. So I think there is really something there to it. Um, it's right. just, it'll be interesting the, to see. So with, this, you know, the past couple of years being really weird and people having to work from home, now that kind of we're getting back to normal, people are starting to go back to work, there is a large population that doesn't want to go back to the office and are maybe feeling forced to go back. And I think a lot of it's because leaders of companies believe, and it makes sense, right, that being in the same space with your team creates that sense of, you know, kind of community and, and, and working together. And this mm-hmm. seems like a great alternative almost if you want to keep top talent that is not interested in coming to the office mm-hmm. but has that sense of teamwork and community it's like perfect like and think of all the different companies that have remote locations for in like year-end meetings with the ceo like oh everyone could join that meeting now and feel like they're in the same conference room as the mm-hmm. ceo talking about you know how the how the company did this year yeah there's just like unlimited possibilities uh whether it's for personal like enjoyment playing games and hanging with friends or for the professional side of being a part of a team at work and working through stuff yeah yeah i agree with that too and like i don't know if you've had this experience but like if there's a ceo meeting and they have like it's at corporate and you're on a remote Mm -hmm. site and like everybody else is there in the room and like oh look under your desk everyone got a t-shirt and you know oh and we have food outside like you feel super duper left out Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like you just and everybody feels it. You know, it, it's not the same as being there in person. And I'm not saying that um, being able to attend virtually, like virtu- in virtual reality, would make it a, a ton better. But I bet it would be a lot better. Imagine if you got like a digital T-shirt for your digital wardrobe. In yeah. Your, right. Like mm-hmm. that's something you could like go through in VR. And be like, oh, I remember when I got this T-shirt for yep. the 2021 year end meeting. That's fun. And then put it back in your closet. Um, but it's all yeah, it's all about like customization of your 3d avatar and world and yeah exactly you could have limited limited edition type merch like that right um mm-hmm. 
you know, if you're a, a certain level of, um, you know, engineer or uh, technician or whatever it might be, you know, you might have a, a, a special hat that like indicates like, okay, like, you know, I'm a, a blue level employee or something like that or whatever, like you win an award. I mean, all that kind of stuff, just like you would imagine in video games where there's skins and different things that you can pay for or win um, that, that becomes not just part of a game, but part of like your reality, right? You know, perception yeah. is reality. Um, and I was going to say too, to add to that, like, how you, I think I've seen it posted in a couple of different ways, but um, the virtual reality, it allows you to kind of attend the way you want to, right? And I think right. that's interesting is like for individuals who don't feel comfortable in their own skin, um, you know, they really don't want to turn their camera on. They don't feel comfortable with their, you know, they don't want people to see their room and stuff like that. They're not comfortable with all of that. Um, being able to customize an avatar and being able to show up to work how you want to every day is another really, really cool aspect of it. You know, I mean, it could get to the point where you have no idea what that person actually looks like. Um, you probably know what they sound like with their, you know, their voice, but I guess you could have um, like a like a voice, voice filter or something on. Yeah. But people are, would be able to create an image and present themselves however they want um, and attend, you know, from wherever they are every single day, which I think is which I think is interesting. I think I've I've seen like a couple of talks from Microsoft employees like, oh, I didn't I didn't take a shower, but like whatever. I just didn't want to look. I didn't want to, you know, take the time to get ready in the morning. Um, so, you know, I just attend virtually and my avatar doesn't need to take a shower. You know what I mean? No, yeah. Um, so I've seen it that way. But, you know, think for individuals who really just don't feel comfortable um, in their own skin, aren't comfortable with, uh, you know, whatever it might be. Like societal norms of what they should look yeah. like coming to a job or, you know, anything Correct. like that. Yeah, you have yep. your own self of identity that you can change and edit and create and express yourself in any way you like. Yep, exactly. So that's another cool aspect of it too, is that it, it allows people to feel more comfortable in their own skin, uh, showing up to work. And, um, you know, those, those things can be really important for some individuals too. Right. So that's another one to bring into that, that factor of one, just bringing people together. Um, I think it's a really good point to say that like, it could be a bridge for individuals where I think everyone who's working from home, like, I just don't want to go into the office or I like living in this city. I don't want to move to that city or whatever it might be. Um, but I do miss that sense of community and just talking at screens is not fulfilling. Um, Mm -hmm. I think being able, and as we get more and more used to the metaverse, right. And I think it'll be like, how do you interact with social media? Maybe that's the last uh, analogy we'll make. Right. But there are individuals that are way into Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and stuff and they love it or they're just sucked into it because of whatever reason. Right. Um, and then there's individuals who just don't engage with it really that much, or they delete their Facebook account or only use it to, you know, attend events or have it for messenger or something. Right. Um, I think there'll be kind of that similar level of interaction with the metaverse. It's, you can choose how much you want to interact with it, but yeah, I think it's just going to be kind of like, um, kind of like social media where you can't really not be part of it at all. I think everyone's going to have to be, you know, maybe you don't invest that much into your virtual space and your avatar and stuff. But I think like in 10 years or five years, even, um, I don't think it'll, I think everyone's going to have to sort of be plugged in at least a little bit. Now to what extent you engage with it, I think that's up to you, but I think it's going to be that level of, I think it's going to be like that. I think that's, that'll be my last, uh, <laughs> trying to just I, keep painting different pictures for people to try to wrap their head, ra- head around it. Right? right. And I think that was the perfect summation for this episode. We wanted this to kind of be an intro to what is the metaverse? Mm-hmm. What can it be? And uh, 
I think there will be another future episode from us about, you know, the farther future look at this. But I think that was a great summation, Michael, on what VR and the metaverse can be. It's a lot to wrap your head around. Like, you know, I've been... I've been kind of mulling it over for like months now, um, you know, since the, since metaverse or Facebook became meta, um, mm-hmm. I've been slowly consuming content and like reading into it slowly over time. So I think it's a ton to take in all at once. I hope this 30 minute podcast or whatever it'll end up being um, is kind of helps people bridge that gap. But I think it's going to take time for everybody to sort of soak on it and just understand it. And hopefully three or four different analogies help make that, you know, make some connections for individuals or give them some frame of reference. But yeah, I think like you said, we're going to need, there's going to be different, there's going to be new other episodes on this because I think it is, um, it's a huge topic, right? I mean, imagine trying to understand iPhones before they were really a thing, right? Yeah, I think we're at that point. And with that, I think that's where we will end today's episode. As always, curious to hear your thoughts. Is the metaverse something you're excited about? Something you haven't even ever thought about? This is the first time you're hearing about Facebook becoming meta. Always love to hear those thoughts. Shoot us an email at forthefuturepod at gmail.com. Can't wait to, to see some of those responses. And maybe we'll use some of those responses to craft a future episode. Uh, I was just going to say, uh, we got our one-year um, report back from Spotify, which is pretty cool oh, yeah. to watch. And interestingly enough, we have we have viewership in um, nine, countries. nine countries, which yeah. I, I, I don't know how that happened, but to all you individuals uh, that are tuning in that are outside the U.S., um, that's awesome. I'm glad you found us, and we'd love to hear back from you guys, too. Um, it's I just found that super interesting from our our one year anniversary of starting the podcast. So uh, that's pretty cool stuff. And, you know, our our viewership is growing and stuff, but um, I just thought that was a, that was a unique, really cool thing to point out. So anyway, yeah, thanks to everyone who listens and tunes in and um, love to hear, love to hear from everyone. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Catch you in the next one. All right. Bye.